Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me. This is a bonus Halloween episode. Uh, I figured I love Halloween and there's so many spooky characters that it wouldn't really feel right to fantasize any other time of the year. So I thought that I would release a bonus episode every Thursday in October in celebration of the spooky, the macabre, the supernatural, the, you know, scary, fun stuff of Halloween. So this is the first bonus episode. And for this one, we are going to be doing the Headless Horseman. So the Headless Horseman is a mythological figure, American folklore, a short story by Washington Irving called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow kind of introduced this idea of the headless horseman in America or the US. But there there have been headless horsemen for a lot longer than that. In Irish folklore, there was like the Dullahan. I'm probably saying that wrong because I don't know how to pronounce Irish words. But it was like a headless fey creature that usually rode a horse carrying their head under their arm. Uh, and they would wield a whip made from a human corpse's spine. So that's fun. But this one's going to be based mainly off of the movie version, the 1999 Tim Burton movie Sleepy Hollow, because that's the one I'm most familiar with. So let's get into it. We're going to start with background for the Headless Horseman. And in Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman is the kind of ghost of this Hessian soldier. So we're just going to go with the soldier background. And the Hessians were German soldiers who fought alongside the British during the uh, Revolutionary War with America. So anyway, so as a soldier, they get just a few things. They're going to have proficiency in athletics and intimidation. Intimidation so fitting for this headless spooky boy. They also gain tool proficiencies in one type of gaming set. I'm gonna say lawn darts and land vehicles. I don't know why I said lawn darts. It was literally the first gaming thing that came to mind. I don't know what the Headless Horseman's interests are, but I think before they became a ghost, they really loved and were really good at lawn darts. So we're gonna go with that. Oh, no, you know what? We just did lawn darts for Elizabeth Bathory. Uh. I don't know if it's a gaming set, but like pumpkin throwing, you know, that thing where they throw pumpkins, pumpkin tossing or whatever. Uh, you get it. <laughs> oh, rough start. That's fine. So their background is a soldier. Let's move on to race. I was looking at races and thinking of which one was the spookiest, which one was scary, which one made my skin crawl. And the ones that were like creepy, like the Ravenloft races and stuff like that didn't seem fitting. So I'm just going to go with Earth Genasi because the Headless Horsemen, you know, even without their head, they still seem like this big hulking dude. So Earth Genasi just seem like very sturdy and thick, muscular, as it were. So as a Genasi, they gain constitution plus two. They also can speak common and primordial. And then we pick the subrace. There's air, earth, fire, and water. We're going to go with earth. I will tell you why. They get a plus one to strength. So earth nasty, plus two to constitution, plus one to strength. And they gain earth walk. You can move across difficult terrain made of earth or stone without expending extra movement. Now, the reason why I love this 
is because I like the idea of, you know, you struggling over this jagged stone while the headless horseman just casually walks up, completely ignoring this difficult terrain. Nothing spookier than when you're running away and the villain is just walking after you because they know they're going to get you. They know they're going to murder you. They're not even worried about it. And I love that. Earth Genasi also get the ability Merge with Stone, and I think this is also very fitting. You can cast the Pass Without Trace spell once with this trait, requiring no material components. I usually don't worry about this anyway. And you regain the ability to cast it this way when you finish a long rest. Constitution is your spellcasting ability for this spell. So I love that because Pass Without Trace increases your stealth. It's a second level spell. I don't know why it says Constitution is a spellcasting ability for that spell because you don't really use that at all. Essentially what it is, is it's a concentration spell for up to an hour and you and each creature within 30 feet of you can gain a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. Uh, you leave behind no tracks or other traces of your passage, which makes sense because it's called Pass Without Trace. You literally pass without a trace. And that's perfect, again, for this spooky boy who can just sneak up on ya, walking over this difficult terrain without you even noticing them getting closer and closer until it's already too late. And they, like, cut your head off or something. So, Earth Genasi, some cool abilities with that. Now that we have the background, soldier, and race, Earth Genasi, we are going to roll for stats, take a six-sided die, roll it four times, drop the lowest number, and that'll tell you one of your six stats. Just do that six times. So I rolled, and their stats are kind of all over the place and not great. So there's an 11, 10, 18, 8, 7, and 16. So 18 is literally the highest that you can get. That means you rolled at least three sixes for one of the stats. 18's as good as it gets. 16 is also excellent. But then those other four stats, 11 and 10, are both plus zero modifiers, so those aren't great. And then an 8 is a negative 1, which is bad, and 7 is a negative 2, which is terrible. So even with these two great stats, it averages out to being pretty bad stats regardless. But can't really do anything about it, or, well, I'm not going to do anything about it, just for verisimilitude. If one of my players were to get these stats, I, I might help them out a bit. Uh, and bump some of their stats to make them more balanced, because this is bad. But let's pluck those stats in. The highest is 18. I think that has to go to strength, because they they have like this supernatural stamina and this supernatural strength that allows them to just cut their enemies down left and right. So that's 18 to strength, because they're an Earth Genasi, they get plus one. So that's a 19 to strength, a plus four modifier. I was tempted to put 18 into constitution because with the plus two modifier, they could start with a perfect 20 in constitution, but I didn't want to. Instead, next highest, I am going to do constitution, which is 16. And with the plus two, it becomes 18. So still a plus four modifier. So very good for strength and constitution. Now we get to the next highest, 11. It's a plus zero modifier. I'm just going to put it in dexterity 
because I think having a negative to dexterity is really annoying. Next is 10. I'm going to put that into charisma. The Headless Horseman can't talk. Literally the only reason I'm giving them a plus zero in charisma is so that they can have a decent intimidation role. Uh, intimidation uses charisma, and I feel like they're very intimidating, and they're already proficient in it because of their soldier class. Next highest is eight. Let's put that into wisdom, which is negative one. And then intelligence is seven, which is a negative two. So 19 strength, 11 dexterity, 18 constitution, 7 intelligence, 8 wisdom, and 10 charisma. So pretty all over the board with this one, but there you have it. And they're already proficient in athletics, intimidation, squash tossing, and land vehicles. Now, let's pick their class. So I was thinking, you know, we all know the scariest class has got to be Warlock. That HP Lovecraft Eldritch Horrors definitely comes to mind. But we're going to go with Paladin. We're going to go with the class that is uh, commonly described as like a holy warrior, you know, in bright white gleaming armor atop their glorious, equally bright white steed, divine radiance surrounding them always. No, forget about that. This is Halloween Paladin. So a sword made of obsidian, armor made of obsidian, a black horse whose name is Obsidian. Just super extra, like they just walked out of a Hot Topic. That's what we're going for. So as a Hot Topic Paladin, they have a D10 for their hit dice, so pretty good health. Proficiencies in light armor, medium armor, heavy armor, and shields. Simple weapons, martial weapons, wisdom saving throws, and charisma saving throws. So even with the proficiencies, those are still going to be pretty bad. So that's a plus one to wisdom saving throws and plus two to charisma saving throws. And then two skills from athletics, insight, intimidation, medicine, persuasion, and religion. Well, we already have athletics and intimidation. So I'm going to go insight and religion. I don't think they care about medicine and they don't have a voice box to convince you of anything for persuasion. So I think the only ones, even though they don't fit spectacularly, the only ones that we can make an argument for are insight and religion. So that's going to be a plus one total to insight and a plus zero total to religion because he has a minus two to intelligence. Very bad. Anyway, first level paladins get divine sense. I think this is like the third or fourth paladin or something. It's a good class. So as an action, you can open your awareness to detect strong evil or powerful good. Until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any celestial, fiend, or undead within 60 feet of you that's not behind total cover. And you also know the type, celestial, fiend, or undead, of any being whose presence you sense, but not its identity. So you could know that a celestial is near you, but not know that it's Metatron or something. And then you can use that feature a number of times equal to one plus your charisma modifier per long rest. With that plus zero charisma modifier, they can only use it once. We are going to have to use pretty much all of the Headless Horseman's ability score improvements to raise those stats, aren't we? That's kind of a bummer, but whatever. Paladins also get Lay on Hands. I don't know if the Headless Horseman is going to use this on anyone but themselves, 
but he now has a pool of healing power that replenishes when you take a long rest. The pool is equal to five times your paladin level. So right now, just five. And as an action, you can touch a creature and draw power from that pool to restore a number of hit points to that creature, up to the maximum amount remaining in your pool. So right now, if the Headless Horseman is feeling injured, they can just, you know, touch themselves and feel better. Which came out about as dirty as I wanted it to. So nailed that. You can also expend five hit points from your pool of healing to cure the target of one disease or neutralize one poison affecting it. You can cure multiple diseases and neutralize multiple poisons with a single use, but you have to expend hit points separately for each one. So if they're affected by a poison and a disease, you would have to expend 10 hit points in order to cure them both. The feature has no effect on undead and constructs, but I'm pretty flexible with that. We are going to go second level in Paladin, gaining Divine Smites. So when you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, you can expend a spell slot to deal radiant damage to the target in addition to the weapon's damage. The extra damage is 2d8 for a first level spell slot, plus an additional 1d8 for each spell level higher than first, to a maximum of 5d8. Also, if the target is an undead or a fiend, the damage automatically increases by 1d8 to a maximum of 6d8. So Divine Smite is such an awesome ability. One of the reasons why I love it is you don't have to expend the spell slot and use Divine Smite until you know that you actually hit them. A lot of abilities say before you make your attack, you have to do this. But for this, you can wait until you hit and then boom, just lay on some damage. For the purposes of this, I don't think the Headless Horseman you know, this mythological ghost of vengeance, is going to be able to deal radiant damage. So for this, I'm going to say that instead of radiant damage for Divine Smite, that's going to be necrotic damage, which I think is much more fitting. At second level, paladins also get a fighting style. So we're going to choose a fighting style that fits with the Headless Horseman, and none of them really seem especially fitting. So I'm just going to go with Defense. It's probably the most boring fighting style subtype. All it does is when the Headless Horseman's wearing armor, they gain a plus one bonus to their armor class. And that's it. But I think it's fine because an additional armor class for our goth boy here is pretty good. Because I think it makes sense for this immortal legend to be hard to hit and hard to take down. Second level, Paladins also get in addition to Divine Smite in their fighting style, they get spellcasting. So they use Charisma for their spellcasting modifier and saving throws. They have plus zero to Charisma, so that's all going to be terrible. So I would probably just pick spells that don't use that at all, like Smites. So this Hessian is just going to be loaded up with Smites. Third level, we are going to multi-class already. So what do you think we're going to multi-class into? Do you think fighter? Do you think ranger? Do you think warlock? <laughs> no, we're going to go with rogue. I know I do a lot of rogues, but they give you so many cool things. And I think it just makes sense in this context. And you'll see why. So they have a D8 for hit dice, not as high as the paladin, still pretty good. They're going to gain expertise at first level. 
So two of your skill proficiencies are going to have double the proficiency bonus, which is awesome. I love expertise so much. I think what makes sense is intimidation. So double proficiency bonus. Right now he has a plus two. That's going to go up to plus four intimidation. And also, let's just say athletics, because they're very good in athletics, and they now have a plus eight to it. They also gain sneak attack. So once per turn, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack if you have advantage on the attack roll. And the attack must use a finesse or a ranged weapon. You don't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target is within 5 feet of it, that enemy isn't incapacitated, and you don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. So the damage of sneak attack increases as you go. Right now at first level, it's just an additional 1d6 damage. But I think that's pretty cool because as a paladin, you can use Divine Smite to deal an additional 2d8 and potentially get Sneak Attack for an additional 1d6. Now it only works on finesse or ranged weapons, and those weapons aren't especially powerful most of the time. So I would just pick the Rapier, which is pretty strong for a finesse weapon. It's 1d8 piercing damage. By now, I'm sure you're aware that that's kind of my go-to for finesse weapons. So finesse weapons just means that you can use strength or dexterity for the attack and damage rolls, but you have to use the same modifier for both rolls. So obviously with a plus zero for dexterity, we're going to be using the Headless Horseman strength modifier, which is a plus four. So now armed with this rapier, the Headless Horseman can just cut people down. One of the reasons why I think this fits in well with the Earth Genasi class is because of that pass with trace ability that gives them plus 10 to their stealth rolls. I don't imagine them being especially stealthy. If they're wearing heavy armor, they're going to have disadvantage on those stealth rolls. And with a plus zero dexterity, they have plus zero to stealth. So even with pass with trace, they have plus 10, which is awesome, but they'll still have disadvantage. That's okay. They can make it work, and we might raise dexterity in the future anyway. Or they might just be wearing medium armor, and with their defense fighting style, get an additional armor class to make their armor class close to what it would be with heavy armor. I don't know. That might make more sense, make them a little stealthier. Actually, now that I think about it, we didn't give the Headless Horseman a skill proficiency for multiclassing into Rogue. When you multi-class into Rogue, you get a skill proficiency from the Rogue's proficiency list. So we can just give him proficiency in stealth. Boom, there you go. Now he just normally has a plus two to stealth. Look at that, crushed it. So Rogues also know Thieves Can't, which is a secret mix of dialect, jargon, and code that allows you to hide messages in seemingly normal conversations. Only another creature that knows Thieves Can't can understand such messages. It takes a lot longer to convey messages with Thieves Cant than it does just talking plainly or normally, but I think it's cool to be able to have a conversation with someone in public, in, you know, potentially crowded area, and have them understand the secret message that you're telling them. Don't know when the Headless Horseman's going to be talking to anyone, because they don't have a head, but still, now they can understand Thieves Cant at least. Fourth level, we're going to go second level in Rogue to gain that cunning action. So now as a bonus action on each of your turns in combat, you can take the dash, disengage, or hide action. And I think that's great because just having bonus actions that you can pull out whenever are pretty cool. 
and the dash disengage and hide are pretty useful. You can potentially hide and then jump out again to try to get that sneak attack. You can disengage to uh, run off and attack another target. You can just dash to move double your movement and charge at an enemy as a bonus action. A lot of versatility with that. Now we're going to do some hopping around for no other reason than I want to. So for fifth level, we are going to go third in Paladin. And as a third level paladin, the Headless Horseman is going to get Divine Health. So he is now immune to disease, which makes sense because he's already dead. And you get your Sacred Oath, which is the paladin subclass. Now, a lot of them are like Oaths of the Crown, Oaths of Devotion, Oaths of Glory. We're going to go with the Oath of Vengeance which I think is very fitting for this restless spirit driven by vengeance to try to find their head and kill anyone who gets in their way. So Oath of Vengeance paladins show no mercy. They use any means necessary to get what they want. So when you pick this subclass at third level, they're going to gain some spells that are automatically stocked. Paladins usually have to pick out their spells and can do that every long rest. But now the spells Bane and Hunter's Mark are automatically stocked. I think those are very fitting for the Headless Horseman. Hunter's Mark would let you do some more damage to a target, and Bane would make it so that your enemies had to subtract 1d4 from a bunch of their rolls, which I think is very cool. They also gain two Channel Divinity options. They can use this once per long rest. There's Abjure Enemy. So one creature within 60 feet that you can see has to make a wisdom saving throw, unless it's immune to being frightened. Fiends and undead will have disadvantage on the saving throw, and if they fail, the creature is frightened for one minute or until it takes any damage. While frightened, the creature's speed is zero, and it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. On a successful save, the creature's speed is halved for one minute or until the creature takes any damage. This is perfect. This is such a creepy guy thing to do. And very fitting for horror movies, you know, when the monster appears, the hero or protagonist has that kind of deer in a headlights thing and can't move. And that's exactly what this is. You just frighten them into inaction. And I think the Headless Horseman's very good at that. Unfortunately, Charisma is their spellcasting modifier for it. So the creature would just have to make a DC 11 saving throw because it's 8 plus your Charisma modifier plus proficiency bonus. Proficiency bonus just went up to plus three at fifth level. So they just have to make an 11 wisdom saving throw, which will be pretty easy. But another channel divinity option that doesn't use that charisma modifier is Vow of Enmity. As a bonus action, you can utter a Vow of Enmity against a creature you can see within 10 feet of you using your channel divinity. You gain advantage on attack rolls against that creature for one minute or until it drops to zero hit points or falls unconscious. So that's awesome. You can just use a bonus action to gain advantage on all of your attack rolls against a target. You can use a bonus action against a target to just gain advantage on all of your attack rolls against them. That's so awesome. That's so good. Sure, you can only use it once per long rest, but it's a great ability. Sixth level, fourth in Paladin, we are going to get that ability score improvement, finally. I don't think we're going to be picking feats just yet. I don't know if we're going to at all, because the Headless Horseman has such bad stats. So we're going to try to remedy that. I think for this one, we are going to max out strength 
So give one of the two ability score improvement points to strength, making that a plus five, and then one to intelligence, which will make that an eight, which is only a minus one. Still very bad, but hey, it's not a minus two, so we're doing great. Seventh level, we're going to go in Paladin to gain that extra attack. So now the Headless Horseman can attack twice instead of once whenever he takes the attack action on his turn. So say the Headless Horseman is in hiding, they jump out and attack an enemy, use a bonus action, Vow of Enmity, they'll gain advantage on that attack roll, so they'll be able to use their sneak attack to deal an additional 1d6 damage. They'll be able to cast Divine Smite also to deal an additional 2d8 damage and attack a second time. And what I like about Divine Smite is that it's not once per turn. It's every time you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, you can expend a spell slot to deal that necrotic damage. Now for 8th level, we are going to jump back over to Rogue. So now a 5th level Paladin third level rogue, and as a rogue, we are going to now pick their roguish archetype, which is the rogue subclass. And for this, I am going to choose Arcane Trickster. I don't necessarily think the Headless Horseman is a trickster by nature, but you know, they do have that whole spooky folklore appearing in one place and then disappearing and appearing in another place thing going for them. So I think that kind of fits Arcane Trickster. So they now know three cantrips. Paladins don't learn cantrips, but now they have three from this. Mage Hand and two other cantrips of your choice from the wizard spell list. Additionally, with Mage Hand, they get an ability called Mage Hand Ledger Domain. So when you cast Mage Hand, you can make the Spectral Hand invisible. And you can perform the following additional tasks with it. Stow an object the hand is holding in a container worn or carried by another creature. Retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature. Or use thieves tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range. So that is pretty cool. And you can perform these tasks without being noticed if you succeed on a sleight of hand check contested by the creature's perception check. You can also use one of your cunning action bonus actions to control this hand. So he kind of has this kind of ability that essentially, if you don't perceive it enough, seems like this supernatural poltergeist sort of moving objects on their own. And I think that's pretty cool. You also get some spell slots from the Arcane Trickster. So Paladins are half casters and Arcane Tricksters are, I think they're called quarter casters. So they have different spell slot tables. You could just use a multi-classing spell slot calculator. But right now, as a fifth level paladin and third level arcane trickster rogue, you're going to have four first level spell slots and two second level spell slots. So at the moment, the arcane trickster subclass doesn't give you any additional spell slots. But remember, you can't learn spells for a spell slot in a class if they're not strong enough. You know what I mean? So the paladin is strong enough to learn second level spells, but the Arcane Trickster is not. So the Arcane Trickster can use first level spells in second level spell slots, they just can't learn any second level spells yet, which is fine. So now spellcasting ability for Arcane Tricksters, this is gonna be a little rough because they use intelligence and hey, look at that, the Headless Horseman has a negative one. 
Fortunately, we just boosted it so it's not a negative two, but still, that's really rough. So attack bonus at eighth level, their proficiency is plus three. It's gonna go up to plus four next level. Right now, three minus one is plus two. So any spell attacks they make with their arcane trickster subclass is gonna only have a plus two to the attack. And that spell save DC is going to be a 10. So very bad. We'll work on it as we get other ability score improvements. But yeah, that's that's pretty rough. But I think what can be helpful are the spells that you learn as an arcane trickster. So once you become an arcane trickster, you know three first level wizard spells of your choice, two of which must be from the enchantment and illusion spells on the wizard spell list. So I think that's pretty awesome because it gives a lot of versatility. Like you can pick spells that don't even use your spellcasting modifier because it's terrible. Like a cool enchantment spell that doesn't use your modifier is sleep. So you could potentially put some enemies to sleep. Uh, you know, you can try disguise self could be good. Charm person. You got a bunch of options in order to make this headless horseman very sneaky, very tricky to deal with. Ninth level, we're going to go fourth in Rogue to get another ability score improvement. So for this, let's increase intelligence to 10, which is still bad, but now it's a plus zero. And because the proficiency bonus just went up to plus four, that's going to be a plus four to attack rolls using those arcane trickster spells and a spell save DC of 12 with those arcane trickster spells. And because they have a plus zero to charisma, it's the same for their paladin spells as well. Plus four to attack, spell save DC of 12. Still very bad, but I imagine them just using their spells to supplement their melee attacking. So their sneak attack damage has gone up now. It is now 2d6. They have their divine smite to deal that additional necrotic damage. They have extra attack to attack twice. So they've got a bunch of things they can do that don't use the intelligence and charisma modifiers, which is good because they're bad. 10th level, we are going to take that in rogue in order to gain an amazing ability called uncanny dodge. So when an attacker you can see hits you with an attack, you can just use your reaction to half the attack's damage against you. So that's going to give the Headless Horseman a lot more survivability because just once per round they can half damage that they take if it's an attack. So if it's a spell like Fireball that they have to make a dexterity saving throw on, they can't use Uncanny Dodge. It has to be an attack roll. If the enemy rolls to hit you, this can be used. If not, you're shit out of luck. For now. 11th level, we are going to go 6th in Paladin. So we're jumping back over to Paladin, a hop, skip, and a jump, or something. So now 6th level in Paladin, that is going to be the Aura of Protection. So whenever you are a friendly creature within 10 feet of you has to make a saving throw, the creature is going to gain a bonus that saving throw equal to your Charisma modifier. Now the charisma modifier of the headless horsemen's plus zero. They're not very charismatic because they're very scary and don't have a head. But fortunately with aura of protection, the minimum bonus is plus one. So even with a plus zero to charisma, the headless horseman's still gonna get a plus one to all of their saving throws. So that means they now have plus six to strength saving throws, plus one to dexterity, plus five to constitution, plus one to intelligence, plus four to wisdom, and plus five to charisma. 
doing great. Now for 12th level, we're going to continue on in Paladin in order to get another oath feature. So with this, he gains the ability Relentless Avenger. Your supernatural focus helps you close off a foe's retreat. So when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, you can move up to half your speed immediately after the attack and as part of that same reaction. Additionally, your movement does not provoke opportunity attacks. So if someone tries to run away from the Headless Horseman, the Headless Horseman can slash them and just chase after them, which I think is so scary. That's so cool. It's like, okay, I'm going to try to get away from this guy. Oh, he's literally running after me on my turn. That's really cool. That's spooky. That's so Halloween, you know? Uh, 13th level, we are going to go back to Rogue. So now a 7th level Paladin, a 6th level Rogue. And as a Rogue, they're just going to gain another Expertise. So you can choose two more of your proficiencies to gain the benefit of Expertise. Well, they already have Expertise in Athletics and Intimidation. So at 13th level, their proficiency bonus bumps up to plus 5. So now they have a 15 in Athletics, a 10 in Intimidation. The only other skills that they can gain Expertise in are Insight, Religion, and Stealth, which are all still pretty terrible. I'm going to go with Insight and Religion because I have an idea for something that we might do later. I don't know. We'll see. They have a negative one to Wisdom for that Insight. So that is just going to be a plus nine. Religion, they have plus zero to Intelligence. That's going to be plus 10 to Religion. So very athletic, insightful, intimidating, and religious. There you go. We're going to go seventh level with Rogue as well, 14th overall. And that is going to get the Headless Horseman Evasion, an amazing ability. So now, if he's targeted by Fireball, he has something pretty cool he can do, where if he succeeds on that Dexterity saving throw, he takes no damage at all. And even if he fails, he still takes half damage. So when you're subjected to an effect that allows you to make a Dexterity saving throw or take only half damage, you instead take no damage. That's, that's so cool. So Fireball, Lightning Bolt, a bunch of powerful area of effect spells force you to make a dexterity saving throw. And now, even if he fails, which he probably will, because he only has a plus one to dexterity saving throws because of his aura of protection, he'll take half damage. And if somehow he succeeds, he'll take no damage. I love that for him. We're going to go eighth level in Rogue, 15th overall to get another ability score improvement. Uh... I don't think I'm going to give him another ability score improvement just yet. I might later. But for this, I think what would be cool is to give him a feat. And that feat is going to be Sentinel. Sentinel is awesome. Easily one of my favorite feats. So when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, the creature's speed becomes zero for the rest of the turn. Also, creatures who take the disengage action before leaving you still provoke opportunity attacks. Also, when a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the attacking creature. So that's awesome. If you try to run from the Headless Horseman, he can slash at you, which reduces your speed to zero if he hits. Even if you take the disengage, he can still get that opportunity attack. And if you attack a target within five feet of him, he can just use his reaction to attack you. That's so cool. And if you'll remember... As a 7th level Oath of Vengeance Paladin, he gets that Relentless Avenger ability. 
So when he does hit a creature with an opportunity attack, he can move up to half his speed immediately as part of that same reaction, and that movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. So essentially, if a target runs away from you, or tries to run away from you, you can slash them, even if they take disengage, reduce their speed to zero, and then move. So you could potentially get an opportunity attack against someone, and then run to get within melee range of someone else. So if they try to run away from you, you'll be even closer to them. You can't take two opportunity attacks per turn, but that's some really good versatility and really good mobility given to this Headless Horseman, which makes sense because you gotta think they're used to being on a horse, so they're used to good versatility. That makes sense, Zach. Good job. We are going to go 16th level. That is going to be 9th in Rogue. I think this is going to be the last level we take in Rogue. And that's going to give us a roguish archetype feature. So as an arcane trickster, he now has the ability called Magical Ambush. So if you're hidden from a creature when you cast a spell on it, the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against the spell this turn. That's so cool! Because of an Earth Genasi, they can use that Pass Without Trace to get a plus 10 bonus to that stealth. They can potentially use one of their Arcane Trickster abilities like Darkness or Invisibility to hide, and then use Magical Ambush. So when they're hidden, like say they cast Charm Person on someone, the target will have disadvantage on that saving throw to resist being charmed. I think that's so awesome! That's so cool! So now the Headless Horseman can just freeze you in place, and then casually saunter up to you and decapitate you. Take your head for his collection. He's a, he's a collector. He's very particular about the heads that he collects. Uh, so he might just leave yours to rot. Or he might take it with him. I don't know. What an honor, though. So jumping back over to Paladin, we are now 17th level overall. Very powerful. And as an 8th level Paladin, is going to get another ability score improvement. I'm kind of torn on what to do here. Like, if we raise Charisma, then his Paladin spells and Paladin save DC will go up. But his aura of protection won't be boosted at all anyway. If Intelligence goes up, then those Arcane Trickster spells would be more effective. Or we can pick a feat. Let's go with that. We're going to go with another feat. I think we are going to pick Stealthy. I just like the idea of of these scary figures like the Headless Horseman to be able to just pop up without any warning. And now he only has a plus six to Stealth, which is a bummer. Even with Pass Without Trace, which gives a plus 10 to Stealth, it could still just be so much better. So with Stealthy, their dexterity score is going to increase by 1. So that raises their dexterity to 12, which is a plus 1 modifier. So that's something. And now they gain proficiency in Stealth. I love that. And what I love even more is that if they're already proficient in Stealth, they gain expertise in it. That's right, double the proficiency bonus. At 17th level, they have a plus 6 proficiency bonus, so now they have a plus 13 to stealth. Just like that. And if they use that Pass Without Trace ability, they're going to have plus 23 to stealth. Even if you choose to give them heavy armor, which would give them disadvantage on stealth checks, it's going to be so hard for them to fail. 
And now if they use the bonus action hide ability because of cunning action, they'll be so much more likely to actually be able to hide and jump out to get that additional sneak attack damage, which at ninth level is an additional 5d6 damage. Also with the stealthy feat, if you're hidden, you can move up to 10 feet in the open without revealing yourself if you end the move in a position when you're not clearly visible. So essentially, if you're hidden and you move, obviously you're not going to be hidden anymore, especially if you go out in the open. But now the Headless Horseman can move 10 feet out in the open, and as long as he ends that 10 feet of movement without being clearly visible, he's still going to be hidden. So I imagine the Headless Horseman lurking behind trees and dashing behind another tree, getting slowly closer to you until it's already too late. And then he decapitates you. So that's what he gets with Stealthy. There are a bunch of other feats that I think are better than Stealthy, but for the purposes of this lore that we're building for the Headless Horseman, I think that's fitting. I think that works with the class abilities he has, and the idea we have of him as being this ghost that pops up when you least expect him and murders you, or murders your loved ones and makes you watch. Ninth level in Paladin, 18th overall, he doesn't really get anything. He now has third level spells that he can use as a Paladin. That's, that's it which is fine. 10th level in Paladin, 19th overall, he is going to gain the ability Aura of Courage. So now you and friendly creatures within 10 feet of you can't be frightened while you are conscious. And I think that fits perfectly because how can you frighten the frightening one? You know? You know what I mean? Right now he has plus 12 to Intimidation and has that Channel Divinity option, Abjure Enemy, that can frighten a target. So you can't scare the scarer. 11th level in Paladin, 20th overall, he's going to gain improved Divine Smite. So he's so suffused with this righteous might, we're going to say, with this righteous anger, that all of the Headless Horseman's melee weapon strikes carry this power within them. So now whenever you hit a creature with a melee weapon, the creature's going to take an extra 1d8 radiant damage. Again, we're going to change that to necrotic for the Halloween purposes, for the spook effect, if you will. So now he has Divine Smite, where he can burn a spell slot to deal an additional 2d8 damage for a first level spell slot, and then an additional 1d8 damage every spell slot higher, and just an additional 1d8 necrotic damage whenever he hits. So remember, he's got that Rapier, which deals 1d8 damage. They're using Strength, so it's 1d8 plus 5. Now, that's 1d8 plus 5 Piercing damage from the Rapier, 1d8 Necrotic damage from Improved Divine Smite. If you get that Sneak Attack, that's an additional 5d6 damage. He knows Hunter's Mark, which can be an additional 1d6 damage. He can use a Smite to deal even more damage on top of that, and Divine Smite if he hits to deal more damage on top of that. So the Headless Horseman, as long as he's got the spell slots, can just lay it on them. Just powerful hit after powerful hit. And because they're Paladin at fifth level, they gained extra attack. So they can only use sneak attack once per turn, 
But then that extra damage from improved Divine Smite and Define Smite and potentially Hunter's Mark can just keep piling on. So they also gained some more spells as they leveled up in Paladin. So they have Bane and Hunter's Mark, which they learned at third level, Hold Person and Misty Step, which they learned at fifth level, and Haste and Protection from Energy that they learned at ninth level. And I think all of those are very fitting for the Headless Horseman's whole vibe, you know? He can just freeze people in place. He can teleport away from them. Like you blink and he's gone. He can just use haste to move incredibly fast and attack another time. So three times per turn if he has that on him. He's just this really creepy dude who you can't run away from. Because if you try, he can just use his sentinel feet to attack you, even if you disengage. And when he does, your speed is reduced to zero, and he can just run right in front of you and block off your escape. It's so creepy. It's so cool. I love it. We did it. So this is the Headless Horseman, and I think we totally nailed it. This mythical figure, he has the soldier background, he's an Earth Genasi race, a level 9 Arcane Trickster Rogue, and a level 11 Oath of Vengeance Paladin. For stats, we ended with 20 Strength, 12 Dexterity, 18 Constitution, 10 Intelligence, 8 Wisdom, and 10 Charisma. So the stats started pretty terribly, but we boosted them up and now they're just okay. Love that for him. So he has expertise in everything he's proficient in. So that's a plus 17 to athletics, plus 11 to insight, plus 12 to intimidation, plus 12 to religion, and plus 13 to stealth. His saving throws are wisdom is plus six and charisma is plus seven. Remember, they gained an additional one because of his aura of protection. He can speak common, primordial, and thieves can't, and he's proficient in squash throwing as well. He has the sentinel feet and the stealthy feet, so he's just really good at, oh, making it so you cannot run away from him, and you can't see him coming. So he's this perfect just ambush predator. He can use his Earth Genasi Pass Without Trace to get a plus 23 to his stealth, sneak up on you, use the magical ambush to cast like, I don't know, hold person on you so you make the save with disadvantage, frozen in place, you don't know why, and then he just pops out and just vivisects you, just destroys you, cuts you into pieces. Uh, vivisect is an operation that's performed on like live animals, but yeah, vivisect you, just cut you apart while you're still living, and then cut your head off and take your head. And I don't know if he's feeling fancy, maybe he'll wear it on his head and pretend to be you. That's spooky as hell. So that's that. That is the first Halloween bonus episode of Fantasize Me. There are going to be more coming out every Thursday in October. Stay tuned. And please follow me at Fantasize Me Pod on Twitter. And be sure to send in your email suggestions on characters you want me to fantasize at fantasizemepod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode. And we'll do this again next week. Bye.